ducking. Only five niggas got hit. Fuck it. Halo's over palm angels. Watch for Lucifer. I had the beam on the Draco. And gelati chilling, giving game to my younger. I told him that this shit don't come in, you gotta want it. And had that money back on time to me if I front it. Uh, I pull that gun up and slip it, you better run it. Shells, those feel like oatmeal, they sit in your stomach. I came home and left back niggas bitting them numbers. I'm thinking about which block that I'm killing is Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Bronx Bias Podcast, episode number two. I'm your host. My name is Denzel. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for subscribing and doing all that good stuff. I want to start the podcast by saying just thank you guys for the early love, the early support, the early everything that I'm getting or that I've received so far it like really 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 means a lot and it's like super motivating super humbling super exciting just that people are listening and that people are supporting me early and I've I've gotten really guys I've gotten so much love so much early love and support and I just appreciate that like really and truly I I want to thank all you guys for just reaching out, saying good things, uh, telling me very uplifting and motivating things and for episode one. And it just motivates me and it makes me more hungry to keep producing high quality stuff and get better and keep keep working at the craft, trying to get better each time I record. So really, I just want to say thank you. I was not expecting all of the love and the support this early, so really guys i i really appreciate it thank you so we're gonna have a great pod i just wanted to start off with the thank you guys because i really appreciate the love and the support so now it's time for my favorite segment of the pod bronx facts uh just to recap bronx facts is my little segment at the beginning of each show just to give you guys uh information that you may not have known about the Bronx, New York, uh, just to try and dispel and to eliminate certain stigmas and stereotypes or preconceived notions that the Bronx, New York does not contribute to society as a whole. And I thought this was a great one because we have an upcoming holiday, President's Day. Um, Did you know that the Lincoln Memorial was designed and carved in the Bronx, New York? That's right. The memorial in Washington, D.C., built to commemorate the 16th president, Abraham Lincoln, was designed and carved in the Bronx. The Piscarelli brothers, I hope I'm saying that correctly, Italian-born sculptors, carved the statue of the 16th president right here in the Bronx in their studio on 142nd Street in the Mont Haven section. The brothers also created the Patience and Fortitude Lion statues at the New York City Public Library's main branch on 42nd Street. That is your Bronx fact of episode number two. You can follow me and you can hit me on Instagram and Twitter at Rogers Neighborhood. That's R-O-D-G-E-R-S-N-E-I-G-H-B-O-R-H-O-O-D for Instagram. And Twitter is Rogers Neighborhood, R-O-D-G-E-R-S-N-G-H-B-R-H-D. There are no vowels in Twitter. 
And I'm saying this and I'm repeating it because I really did not think I would get so much feedback for episode one, but I have. So what I want to do is answer some questions because I've received questions from you guys early. Um, Answer like three or four questions that you guys have sent me um, just so I can keep you guys involved and engaged and uh, a part of the show. Because, again, I want this to be a show for the people. So the first question I got was. Uh, who designed my logo? So I have a great logo uh, that features the Bronx Bias podcast. And it was designed by one of my really good friends, a friend that I've known for a long, long time, Aaron Davis. Uh, his Instagram is his personal Instagram is at A-A-R-O-N-I-C. And his personal design page is at A-D-V-I-S. G-R-A-P-H-I-C-D-E-S-I-G-N, A. Davis Graphic Design. He's a graphic designer out of Brooklyn. He does does logos. He does uh, website programming. And he also is a photographer. So if you guys need a logo created, if you guys need help starting up a website, if you guys need help with photography and editing and things of that nature, Please, I recommend him personally. Hit him up um, either on his personal page or his design page. Um, He's very upfront with the pricing and he works very quickly. He really just took my vision of what I wanted this logo to look like and he made it happen. So uh, really, I just wanted to shout him out. I'm actually really glad someone asked me that, but I was planning on giving him some love um, because I really appreciate the work that he did. Um, so once again, his name is Aaron Davis. His design page is at A-D-V-I-S-G-R-A-P-H-I-C-D-E-S-I-G-N. If you guys need any logos created, if you guys need help with your websites, if you guys need photographs, he is someone I recommend to hit. The next question that I got, and <laughs> y'all are funny, man. Y'all are really funny. Y'all some TMZ ass niggas, man. I, I got to tell you, man. The next question that I got is, do you have a Valentine? I know it's you're at the edge of your seat. <laughs> um, no, the truth is, no, Denzel does not have a Valentine. And um, not for, you know, not that I'm not looking, um, but really, no, I don't have one because I'm really, I've been really, really like locked in, grinding like the just creating this this platform and like i've been really busting my ass like the background the development the concepts all the equipment i had to research all the shit i had to learn like i've really really been locked in just creating this shit and i know that you know in a relationship you have to be attentive you have to be you know gracious with your time things like things of that nature so i really just haven't had the time I've been really like dedicating myself to this. Um, so that's why I don't have one, but you know, it's not something that I'm against or I'm opposed or anything like that. So, you know, Hey, if it's in the cards, it's in the cards. Um, but right now, no, I do not have one. Are you happy now? And, uh, the last question I will answer because this is actually pretty long and I'm a long winded ass motherfucker. So, um, the last question is, and this is another one trying to get me in trouble. This is another one that's trying to get me in trouble. The last question is, what are your top five hip hop albums? Now, listen, 
when it comes down to lists, when it comes down to listing, when it comes down to numbering things, this is where people get really touchy. This is where people really, really get in their bag. And if you don't have that top one through five that they have, they will crucify you. But I don't give a fuck about what y'all think. This is my list. So we're going to start at number five. We're going to go from five to one. My number five usually changes frequently. My top four are solid ironclad. They really don't change. But my number five changes a lot. Like I've had times where I put because I really think about this a lot. I'm really into music, especially hip hop music. Um, I've had uh, Enter the Wu-Tang 36 Chambers as my number five. I've had Speaker Box Love Below as my number five. I've had Tupac All Eyes on Me. I've had 50 Cent Get Richard Die Trying. I've had um, I've had um the Neptunes, uh, what was the name of that album? It was the Neptunes album where it was like their album. They just had a whole bunch. It was like a compilation type album. I can't remember. I think it was Neptunes Presents the Clones, something like that. I had that there. I had Missy Elliott there at one point. Like, I, it really changes frequently. Like, I really, like, can't make up my mind on number five. But my number five for the moment is Midnight Marauders by Tribe Called Quest. Um, I'm a really huge fan of the tribe. They're like one of hip hop pioneers that, well, I mean, they're, they didn't, of course didn't invent it, but like they're like one of the really the pioneers of it. They really, really like um, put it on, put hip hop on in the terms of they influenced the jazz, they influenced the funk sounds, they influenced the soul and the R&B into the rap and they had the real laid back type of rapping they really balanced well q-tip was real laid back and cool and calm fife dog rest in peace was more boisterous more you know in your face and they really i they're really one of my favorite groups um so number five is midnight marauders i really love them um I really love the tribe. Rest in peace to Fife. And if you have not heard their last project together, it's called uh, "Thank You for Your." We have we got it from here. Thank you for your service. It came out in 2017. It is the last album that Q-Tip and Fife Dog recorded together. So if you guys love the tribe like me, and you may not have heard that, check it out. That is number five. My number four album is "Doggy Style" by Snoop Dogg. Came out in 1993. This album, let me talk about it. Let me let me let me think of the best way to frame it. It's like, remember, um, the Chronic with Dr. Dre and Snoop came out in 1992. So, and it wasn't Dr. Dre and Snoop. It was Dr. Dre and Snoop was featured on songs. This is like your real introduction into Snoop, and I I really 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 love this album. Um, it's just like. He's Snoop Dogg's a young guy. I think he was 22 at the time. You all know Gin and Juice. We all know who am I? What's my name? Snoop Dogg. But let me just go through my favorite tracks. The Shiznit is crazy. Murder was the case is crazy. Serial killer is crazy. Um, ain't no fun if the homies can't have none. And my favorite song on there, G's and Hustlers. It's like really, really good. It's that West Coast sound with the funk elements in it. Dr. Dre is snapping on these beats. And 
I don't know if it gets talked about as much as it should, in my opinion, because it's really, really good. Like, it's one of my favorites. Um, I really enjoy listening to it. You can, it's one of those that you could listen to it now in 2020. You're just like, yo, they was in their fucking bag. And this is 93 when this came out. So Snoop Dogg, Doggy Style, number four. My number three is, of course, is Jay. You know Jay couldn't couldn't, uh, last this long. So it is the Blueprint 2, though. I know a lot of people, when they think of Jay-Z, they think of Reasonable Doubt as, as far as his best. They think of Reasonable Doubt. They think of the Blueprint 1. And I even can throw Hard Knock, uh, Volume 2, Hard Knock Life in there. But the Blueprint 2 for me, and this is why it's in my top five, is when Jay was really in his bag the most. He was in a different type of bag on Blueprint 2. Um he had a perfect mixture of different types of songs. He had the I'm in my bag song with Hovey Baby. He had it with Fuck All Night. It was in his bag. I did it my way in my bag. The song Blueprint 2 in my bag. Nigga, please. Um, and Bitches and Sisters show you how to do this, son. And then he had his introspective joints with A Dream. That was a dedication to Biggie. He had um, All Around the World. He had uh, Diamonds is Forever, Meet the Parents. Those were his introspective type joints. Then he had, of course, the bang, the hits, hits. O3, Bonnie and Clyde featuring Beyonce, Excuse Me, Miss. You know those. You've heard them a million times. But then he also had the songs that you really wouldn't, like the songs that you hear and you're like, are these B-sides? But these are like super good. Like these could be hits if, you know, they promoted them. Um. Poppin' Tags is one of my favorite songs on Blueprint 2 featuring Big Boy, Killer Mike, and Twista. And they it's a bar fest. Like, three, you, you know what Big Boy does, you know what Killer Mike does, and you know what Twista does, along with Hov, if you are big hip-hop and R&B fan. Um, also had The Bounce, which is Kanye West's first ever credited feature on a Rockefeller song. Um, that's a little tidbit on it. And he also had one of my other favorites, on here was uh the watcher the watcher was with dr dre rock kim and one more person i'm not remembering i'm drawing a blank but it's a great song and he he is i don't i can't i can't literally say because it's not true but he's like he's always in his bag with the lyrics but i feel like blueprint too he was just on another level with the with the lyrics like he there's no song on here where his lyrics aren't like subpar like every song every bar every placement was like spot on for the blueprint two and that's where you got unleash the flutes that was on the song blueprint two i brought the flutes on him this time unleash the flutes on him goo and there was no flutes on that song so i don't know what he was talking about but it sounded right so that is my number three, Blueprint 2. My number two album is Nas Illmatic, 1994. Uh, Nas, this came, this was Nas' debut album, came out. He was 20 years old at the time. And the reason why I love this is because it's like, it showcased, at least the first time I really like heard the storytelling aspect of rap. You know, we always have the rappers rap, just give you the bars and the wordplay, but like, tell me a story, like really, like, you know, if we just slick Rick, but I'm saying like the storytelling from where he's from and 
just telling you about his life and the things he's seen and things he's witnessed as a young man in Queens. Um, the very it was really really elite storytelling and and it was in my opinion great selections of beats and not because they were the best beats and not because they were the most you know uh, intricate and all those things it's just the perfect beat for the song um, one of my favorite rappers Rooster Five Nine he has a quote that says there's a difference between the best beat and the perfect beat for so for example on a song like New York State of Mind it's really a simple beat it's like a piano and a drum right but in terms of just the way that it all comes together the way Nas is spitting and then that beat on it it's like perfect it's perfect and of course you can get a better beat you know but I'm just it's the perfect beat it's the perfect beat for that song and he had he has I think it's only like 12 songs on it but they're all great they're all like timeless songs from New York State of Mind that I mentioned to uh, One Love where he's talking about people who got locked up. It's basically a letter. The song is a letter to people in jail who got locked up and he's telling their story. And uh, Life's a Bitch is great. The World is Yours is great. Halftime. One Time for Your Mind. Um, and my favorite song on there, It Ain't Hard to Tell. It's only 10 songs, but it's like just one of the most timeless, one of the most perfect albums in my opinion and um you know that's that's just Nas is one of the greats man and he came on the scene not playing and my number one album is Kanye West My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy now you know people may or may not you know Kanye really he's He's been teetering, you know what I'm saying? He's <laughs> He's been teetering, but just everything about My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy is is incredible. Incredible in my opinion. The way that the the production is and this is this is like you take the the bareness of Illmatic where simple beats and the storytelling takes over the song. This is just like a opposite of a minimalist approach whatever that word is a maximalist i guess super super produced the the way that the beats are constructed are so lush it's like amazing lush production he has perfect features perfect features like monster we all know monster and why do we remember it so much because Nicki minaj at the end killed it so appalled as we got your lyrical miracle gorgeous with cuddy you know what kanye and cuddy do all of the lights you already know the vibes run away with Pusha T. blame game with john legend and that chris rock interlude is fantastic lost in the world power it's just an album of hits dark fantasy it's an album of straight hits he was no song on here is a miss no song on this album is a miss and it's just give you know from the backstory of the he interrupted Taylor and then he everyone killed him and he went to exile and he put every ounce of himself into this album. It is one of it is the best in my opinion hip hop album ever created. 
and it is at the top of my list. It I do not envision anything overtaking this album because it's just an album of hits. Every song on here is a hit. And from just the just from track one, he lets you know what time what time it is. He lets you know and he don't miss he don't miss on this. There's you can't you can't tell me that there's a miss on here. So it's just the the perfect, in my opinion, hip hop album. And if you don't agree, just like you did before, hit me on Instagram on Twitter. Tell me why you don't agree. Tell me why you think my picks is trash. And then you give me your top five so I could tell you it's trash. And then we could do it like that. We could do it like that. All right. So that's my top five recap. Midnight Marauders, Tribe Called Quest. Number four is uh, Snoop Dogg Doggy Style. Number three, Jay-Z Blueprint 2. Number two, Nas Illmatic. And number one, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, Kanye West. So thank you guys for those questions. Keep them coming if you like. I really like that engagement. I really like just to go back and forth with you guys or just to give you a little bit of my brain and how I think about things or what goes into my thought process on some things. So thank you again, guys, for those questions and keep them coming. All right. Now, here's something that I want to spend a few minutes on. And I feel like I'm beating you guys over the head with my music shit. (laughs) But I really, really love music. I love music in all kinds. But... Of course, my number one, my bread and butter is hip hop music. So I want to spend a little time and talk about Griselda Records. And that's who I played in the front. That was um, Griselda. Griselda is comprised of three rappers, Westside Gun, Conway the Machine, and Benny the Butcher from Buffalo, New York. And the reason why I like them so much is like they're a throwback-esque, throwback-esque group to the 90s era East Coast rap sound, where it's the hard beats, the gritty sound, the street lyrics, and the uh, the use of great wordplay and lyrics. And they talk about real shit. Like, they talk about that drug game. They talk about the murder game. Like, they, they keep it real, and they, they're just a, a throwback to what, you would grow up on if you grew up in the 90s um on the east coast and um you know hip-hop today is is you know mainstream hip-hop at least is real melody based you know you got your drakes you got your futures you got your young thugs you got your uzi verts you got your rowdy riches and all that and that's great i love those artists i love their songs that they make but what really gets me in my bag or what I really like hearing and what is a breath of fresh air in 2020, at least, is Griselda Records. Um, they're, they move to, they move well together. Um, they are tight-knit. I think they're all family, like at least blood-related or related through marriage or something like that. And, like, they really, like, remind me of, uh, like, they remind me of like OGG unit. And what I mean by OGG unit is just 50 Cent, Lloyd Banks, and Young Buck. Just the first three. Where West Side Gun is the face. He's the most vocal. He's behind their whole vibe. He's the creator of their whole aesthetic. He's the one who speaks the most. He's like 50. Right? Conway is the most raw. Like he's the he is the most raw of them. He's like the toughest one. He's a great technical rapper as well, similar to Young Buck. 
And Benny is the combination of Westside and Conway where he has amazing lyrics, amazing wordplay. He talks about that rough shit and he's getting he's getting more comfortable being visible. Um, one of the things about Lloyd Banks is he didn't want to be seen, but Benny is getting to the level where not only do you hear him and you say, damn, like he killed that. He also seeing him more. I think he just um, got on tour. I think he's going on tour with Russ. Um, I, I don't know if you guys are familiar with him, but he's a very popular rapper. And Benny's on tour with him now. So I like that. I think that's a really good comparison, comparing him to the OGG unit, 50 Lloyd and um, Young Buck, Westside, Conway and Benny. And um, I'm just a really big fan of them, man. I just more, most importantly, I just love to see bar niggas win. You know, 2020, it's all about melodies. It's all about auto tune. It's all about the same trap sound, which I like. Don't get me wrong. I like it. But it's just what I love is rappers or rapping styles like this. Like this just warms my heart. And it just I love to see dudes who are just themselves and they don't change. They don't feel like they have to adapt to what's going on right now to fit in. They're going to make their own lane take some of the principles from the OGs and just move, move well. Um, shout out to the Alchemist, shout out to Derringer. They produce a lot of their stuff and they're a group that is, will rap with anyone. They will rap with anyone. They're not afraid of anybody in the game. They think that they're good enough to help hold their own with the Titans of the game and they seek it out. I love that. I love that they seek out the top tier rappers. Um, Benny on his most recent pro solo project, the plugs I met track one, he's with black dog and he holding his own black dog absolutely smoked his verse, but Benny held his own like, and he's not scared. They rap with Jim Jones. They rap with Dave East. They rap with Buster Rhymes. They rap with Eminem. They've rapped with 50 cent. They've rapped with, They've had Raekwon features on there. Like, they rap. Like, they don't, they're they're not afraid. And I respect that they go back to the lyricism. They're lyric-based. They're just street dudes who figured it out. And they're themselves. And I love them. I just wanted to highlight them a little bit. Just a, just a little bit. Because I, I really like and respect what they do. Um, if you guys are interested and you want to hear them, if you want to download, stream, anything to get into them, because they work really quickly. They drop albums very frequently. So it might be hard to like, damn, okay, I want to get into Griselda, but they have so much. I don't know where to start. I would suggest you start with these three or these four, I should say. For West Side Gun, you should start out with Fly God is an Awesome God. For Conway the Machine, you should start with Look What I Became. And for Benny the Butcher, you should start with Tana Talk 3. And then as a group, they have their group project uh, called WWCD under the name Griselda. Um, if you guys want to get into that, they're just a group that I really love. So you guys should check them out if you have some time. If you really like lyrics, if you're really into bars, Griselda, man. Griselda's the way to go on that. All right, so now I want to talk about uh, the Oscars. And I want to qualify this off the rip. Denzel is not the biggest movie buff, or 
at least I'm not anymore, right? I'm really not into the flicks as much as I used to be. Um, in 2019, I literally only saw four movies, John Wick 3, Us, The Avengers Endgame, and The Joker. That was it, <laughs> like for real, for real. So I'm not a big movie buff. I'm not a big film guy. You know, I'm a more music guy, sports, TV, things like that. But um, I want to talk about the Oscars for two things. I want to talk about one, um, Joaquin Phoenix and um, his 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 uh, his comments or his speech at the Oscars. So Joaquin played the Joker in Todd Phillips, the director's adaptation on the Joker, basically like a um, his origin his origin story of the movie. And a lot of people didn't like the movie. Um, I guess maybe because they didn't think it would be like that. Like, I guess they were thinking that it would be a Joker in the vein of Heath Ledger in the movie, The Dark Knight. Um, but man, I really loved it. Like, it was just like, it, it was perfect storytelling, like showing you how a guy can, or how society can make a guy literally lose his fucking mind like for real for real for real for real so um Joaquin's uh best actor Oscar win marks the second time an actor has won an Oscar for playing the Joker Heath Ledger won it uh and I just mentioned he won it for his role as the Joker in The Dark Knight and um I I really like I really love the movie. And again, I only saw four, so this is a sample out of four. But <laughs> I really loved it, and I really loved what he had to say. He had a um, a, a speech that really talked about um, a lot of issues. I'm just gonna read it. It's real. I'm only gonna read a portion of it. It says, "I've been thinking a lot about some of the distressing issues that we are facing collectively. I think at times we feel, or we are made to feel, that we champion different causes. But for me, I see commonality. I think whether we are talking about gender inequality, or racism, or queer rights, or indigenous rights, or animal rights, we are talking about the fight against injustice. We are talking about the fight against the belief that one nation, one people, one race, one gender, or one species has the right to dominate, control, and use." And use and exploit another with impunity. And I really love messages like that. You know what I'm saying? I, I really like when people use their platforms to talk about people who are misrepresented. Right? The Bronx, This is the, called the Bronx Bias Podcast. I want to showcase my love, my affinity for the Bronx, New York. An area that I feel is criticized um, scrutinized and misrepresented a lot, right? This is Joaquin Phoenix at the Oscars. He's being honored for being the best actor of the year. And he still took the time, utilized his platform responsibly and talked about injustices in the world. We're 2020, we're a very advanced society. We're very advanced in terms of the things we do, the way we move, the way we act. But there are still a lot a lot of things that we don't do well. You know what I'm saying? There's still a lot of things that can be improved. Um, there's still a lot of a large section of people who are uh, marginalized. There's still a lot of a large section of of people who are um, underappreciated. And I really like that he used 
this time at the Oscars to just highlight that. And he knew a lot of cameras and a lot of eyeballs would be on him at that moment. And he used his platform responsibly, in my opinion, and I really respect that. The second big thing I want to talk about is Matthew Cherry. Um, Matthew Cherry is a former NFL wide receiver who won an Oscar for his short film, Hair Love. Um, the story of Cherry's film is like an underdog story. Um, and he started it out as a Kickstarter. He raised, uh, I believe, 200 or so thousand dollars on Kickstarter to create the film. And um, it's about uh, uh, an African-American father's relationship with his daughter and um, the call for more minority representation in mainstream animation. And he won the award. He had his whole family there. They looked beautiful. They had their beautiful locks. They had, you know, saying they just looked fantastic. I was so happy to see something like that. And it's carrying the torch. Because if you remember in 2018, Kobe Bryant won an Oscar for Best Animated Short Film for his film, Dear Basketball. So two former athletes getting the shit done, carrying the torch, putting on for black for us black people. I love to see it. And I love to see when super, super, superstars use their platform responsibly. So that's all I really want to talk about the Oscars. Again, I'm not a big movie guy. I think Avengers should have won all the awards, honestly. Avengers and Joker, like, they should have won all the awards. So I'm really not qualified. I didn't see 1917. I didn't see Parasite. I didn't see any other ones that they was ratting and raving about because not, that's not my shit. But shout out to Joaquin. Shout out to Matthew Cherry. I really uh, loved watching you guys. Uh, at the Oscars now this is something music related that I really 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 wanted to talk about I'm smiling already I'm smiling already just thinking about just I couldn't wait to come in part about this so Erica Badu who is very talented musician very talented I just want to put that on the record very talented window seat bag lady uh, Danger, uh, Call Tyrone, uh, Don't You Know, uh, new albums, great songs, four-time Grammy winner. I got to get that out off the top. She's a very talented musician. But she made news because she came out and said she is making a perfume called... <laughs> <laughs> she is making a perfume called Badu's Pussy that smells like her vagina to launch soon in her online store. And she is quoting as saying that this the scent praises her superpower. Now, if you don't know about Erica Badu and her quote unquote superpower, uh, ask Andre 3000, ask the DOC, ask J Electronica, ask Common, ask somebody else I can't remember. But Erica Badu is rumored to have what I would call mythical box. The type of box that makes people lose their fucking minds. So as far as the scent is concerned, as far as the marketing is concerned, I don't know. But 
What I will say is, given how she makes people go crazy once they get a taste, I ain't gonna hold you. I ain't gonna hold you. It might be worth smelling. It it might be worth smelling. That's all I got to say. <laughs> Badu's pussy might be worth might be worth smelling. She said she derived the scent by taking her. <laughs> she der- she derived the scent by burning her old panties because she no longer wears them. Prefers to go commando. She took. She says, "Quote: I took lots of pairs of my panties, cut them into little pieces, and burned them. Even the ash is part of it." So. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> I love this story so much. Shout out to Erica Badu, man. And she is, she has mythical box. Jay Electronica is a rapper who's very talented, in my opinion. He came out with the song Exhibit C in 2009 that set the world on fucking fire. And we thought this man would be the greatest or one of the greatest rappers ever. He got with Erica Badu and fell off the fucking planet for 11 years. I'm just saying. Just saying. He's just saying. <laughs> I just want you to get an idea on where I'm coming from with that. I ain't freestyling. Jay Electronica got a piece of that and fell off the planet for 11 years. I'm letting you. He got out here tweeting and shit. Album done. Nigga, it's 11 years later. <laughs> Oh my god well shout out to erica man hey i ain't gonna hold you if somebody buy it and then yo denzel you want to smell it i'm gonna be like yes and if it smells good i'm fucking buy my shit my own i'm gonna get my own i don't care judge me if you want but i fuck with erica badu man and i fuck with this story so much also related to valentine's day great gift if you uh need some inspo or if you didn't get the right thing it's a great makeup gift, Badu's pussy. Just letting you know, Badu's pussy. Um, all right, enough, enough of Eric Badu. Back on track. Let's talk about sports. Two two big things. All Star Weekend is this weekend. We got you know the uh, the celebrity game on Friday, the three point contest, the slam dunk contest, and the and then the game. I'm along with the Rising Stars Challenge. Um, you know, it's it's the NBA usually does a good job with their All Star festivities. Um, they usually do it well. I mean, the the thing that suffers the most is the dunk contest. Is just because it's hard to be original. You know what I'm saying? So it's um, but it's still a great contest, especially if you have the right guys in it um, who participate. Um, the three point contest is really the the marquee event nowadays. Um, but as far as it goes, man, I I really like watching it. It's a great, it's a great way to spend two or three hours, you know, on a Saturday if you don't have anything to do. Um, you know, we got the um, I'll give you the the contests here. Hold on. In the three point contest, we have well, first actually, before I talk about three point contest, I want to talk about the roster. So I love the fact that a um they like do it like a fantasy style like so you draft like so the best player from each conference drafts a team on their own and um this year is lebron and Giannis. it's the second year 
Um, LeBron drafts his his team, and then Giannis would draft his team. I just love the the way that everyone was shitting on Giannis <laughs> for his picks because really they were bad. <laughs> they were really bad picks. Giannis took Joel Embiid, Pascal Siakam, uh, Kemba Walker, Trey Young, Bam Adebayo, Brandon Ingram, Jimmy Butley, Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, Kyle Lowry, and Chris Middleton. LeBron took Anthony Davis, James Harden, Kawhi Leonard, Luka Doncic, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, Dame Lillard, Nikola Jokic, Ben Simmons, DeMontis Sabonis, Jason Tatum, and Russell Westbrook. Now, you already know who's going to win this fucking game. Enough. Point, point blank, period. Point blank, period. Like, and then I saw all the memes of, they said Giannis was out here drafting, like, and it was a picture of Michael Jordan um, sitting on the court because Michael Jordan is... um the owner of the Charlotte Hornets, but before he became the owner of the Hornets, he was involved with the Washington Wizards um, front office and the Charlotte Bobcats front office. And he is one of the greatest players ever, but one of the worst selectors of talent because he took Adam Morrison and he took Kwame Brown. Kwame Brown, if you know Stephen A. Smith. He took uh, Michael K. Gilchrist, like some of the worst draft picks ever. I think he took Michael Ola Candy. Like some of the worst draft picks in the history of drafting. Period. Like, period. He gave Tyrus Thomas like a $50 million contract. Like, really, like, poor. Poor drafter, poor selector of talent, but a great player. So they had the memes comparing Giannis to Michael Jordan in terms of his drafting ability because it's really bad. But, um,. Uh, the other thing, the celebrity game is always fun. They use, they did a good job of, they incorporate not only like movie TV guys, they bring in like social media guys and, you know, people who are wouldn't be normally in the game. They do a good job with that, along with like WNBA or celeb, you know, other guys like that, other players like that. And they have Stephen A. Smith as one coach, and they have I think Michael Wilbon as the other coach. And in years past, they had Drake as a coach. They had Kevin Hart as a coach. Like, they do a good job with that. It keeps you, like, um, it gives you a reason to watch it. Because it's not, you know, obviously the best basketball. But it's, like, it's really cool. Like, I really like, um, I really like the celebrity aspect of it. Because it's fun. It's just, it's just a fun, it's just a fun little event. You know what I'm saying? I I think it's cool. Um, Other than the, the celebrity we have the three point and the, the three point has become the the marquee event it used to be the dunk contest but it's just the dunk contest has suffered because a lot of super superstars don't really want to participate in it like back in the day we had mj do it you had dominique do it you had sean kemp you had kobe do it you had you know just the marquee guys and then even when the marquee guys wasn't doing it there were so many things that haven't been done oh vince carter wait 20 year anniversary of Vince Carter's absolutely monster dunk contest. If you have never seen that before, please go on YouTube, type in Vince Carter 2000 Slam Dunk Contest. You will not be disappointed. I just needed to say that. 20-year anniversary of that. And, but, um, yeah, the dunk contest has suffered because, one, marquee guys, like super superstars don't want to do it, and it's just hard to be original because we've seen almost every type of dunk done. So it's really hard to be original. Now, they've had great years. They've had the 03 year with uh, Jason Richardson. They had the 
2008 year with Dwight Howard. They had the next year with Nate Robinson. They've had uh, the, uh, Zach Levine, Aaron Gordon. That was crazy. But it's just hard to maintain it because it's just it's hard to come up with original dunks. That's basically it. But a three-point contest has become the marquee event. And um, the participants are Davis Bertans, Devin Booker, Devontae Graham, Joe Harris, Buddy Heald, Zach Levine, Duncan Robinson, Trey Young. Um, and my pick to win, it, it, and um, Devin Booker replaced Damian Lillard because Damian Lillard uh, suffered an injury. Uh, my pick to win is I'm going to either go with Joe Harris um, because he's more of the catch and shoot type. I think they have the advantage. Or no, you know what? No, I'm sticking with that. Joe Harris is my pick for it to win the dunk to win the three point contest. And for the slam dunk, hold on one moment. We have Dwight Howard uh returning to the contest. Derek Jones Jr., who participated in it before, he got real, real, real hops. Aaron Gordon, real, real, real hops, who had one of the best on contest competitions ever against Zach Levine. He came up short. Zach Levine won, but Zach Levine did two crazy-ass dunks from the free throw line. So, you know, he he went down valiantly, though, Aaron Gordon did. And Pat Connaughton. Um, you know, I don't know really what will be the result of it. Again, it's really hard to be original. That's like their biggest thing against it but i'm gonna go with um i'm gonna go with aaron gordon to win it this year aaron gordon do i know dwight howard's gonna bring back the superman thing and everything like that's cool but i'm gonna go with aaron gordon to win it this year but yeah shout out to the nba man it's gonna be a great weekend um great games great game regardless of how poorly Giannis's team was drafted anyway and, um, yeah, the NBA really does a great, great, great job with their um, All-Star Weekend festivities. So, shout out to the NBA. It's going to be a great weekend with that. And the last sports topic I want to talk about is Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett plays for the Cleveland Browns. He's a defensive end. He was the number one pick of the 2018 NFL Draft um, from Texas A&M. And um, the, the story that has captivated everyone is um last year week 10 a thursday night football game between the pittsburgh steelers my team and the cleveland browns ended very very poorly basically what happened was miles garrett sacked the steelers quarterback at the time mason rudolph and when he sacked him i suppose that mason rudolph did not like it or the way that he tackled him or something like that. And he attempted to pull off Miles Garrett's helmet while yelling at him. So Miles Garrett got up, ripped Mason Rudolph's helmet up, ripped it off, off of his head and bashed him in the head with it. Bang, like really hard, hit him in the head with it. And there's two things to take away from it. One, sometimes you got to hit a nigga with your helmet or with his helmet, honestly, because... Like, you, Mason, you got to know better. You got to fucking know better. Don't think that you could come with the smoke and get met with, I'm sorry. You came with that smoke. You, you When you tried to rip Mason, I mean, Miles Garrett's helmet off and got up and charged after him, he showed you what time it was. 
He showed you. And I guarantee you will never do anything like that again. So that needs to be set off the rip. Sometimes you got to hit a nigga with a helmet for them to stop the bullshit. But the bigger story is Miles Garrett was just reinstated because he was suspended for the rest of the year at the time. He was just reinstated back into the league. He claims that the reason what set him off into that rage was that Mason Rudolph called him an N-word. Now, that's a very serious allegation. Very, very serious. And if it is true, I can't say that I agree with the way he retaliated, but I understand it. I understand it. And we are quick to make it seem like football players or guys like that are um, unhinged. But, I mean, if it was me in that situation, I really can't say that I would have reacted differently. And I would love to think that. I would love to think that you don't stoop down to that level. But when someone calls you one of the nastiest words in the English language, you rip the helmet off and you bash them over the fucking head. That's all I got to say about that. And I'm a Steelers fan. Mason Rudolph, you deserve to get fucking bashed over the head. If that is true, what you said about Miles Garrett. If, if, he, if you did call him that, then you deserved all what you got. And that's all I got to say about it. I'm glad he's back in the league. He did his time. He should have been suspended for that. But if Mason Rudolph did call him a nigga, then you deserve to get your fucking helmet ripped off and bashed over your fucking head. And you ain't never going to do no shit like that again. I know that. And that will wrap it up. Episode number two of the Bronx Buyers Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Denzel. Once again, you can follow me on Instagram at Rogers Neighborhood and on Twitter at Rogers Neighborhood with no vowels. Um, thank you so much, guys, for listening, man. Thank you guys so much for the love that you've shown me so early. Thank you for so, for the support that you guys have shown me so early. I really appreciate it. It really just motivates me, man, to keep recording, keep working, keep trying to get better, become the best that I really can be. And, um, you know, once shoot me more questions, if you have it, more feedback, if you have it, I'm going to try my best to be as consistent as I possibly can, because this is something that I really love doing. I'm really passionate about. And I really, 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 really appreciate you guys' support and your love. So keep it coming, man. I will try my best to just dedicate some time each episode to feedback from you guys Hit me with those top five albums if you have it. Um, don't just call my shit trash. Send me five of yours so I could call your shit trash. Um, Bronx Bars Podcast. I'm going to fade you guys out with a song. Of course, it's going to be Griselda because I spent so much fucking time talking about them. So this is Bross Face Brippler by Westside Gun featuring Benny the Butcher and Buster Rhymes off Westside Gun's album Supreme Blind Tell. Bronx Bias Podcast. We out. Mm-hmm. Hey, yo. 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 Yo.
all made you star spangled. Draco blew his head off from all angles. Alchemist cool hoodies, boo, shipping food. My little nigga trapped out the first day of school. Drop tears when I wrote my celly. Louis Slots, Dr. Romanelli, hold the Tessie. Switch the bus to the gold Prezi. Who that nigga used his soda laying on $10,000 sofas Plug loafers made a cobra Handle rock like Villanova Gave him cold shoulders But the neck colder for them tech told him Get the leg show for yo I did one of y'all to step On the waves on this plain summer Hit the west coast Brains in the luggage Make you suffer but you love it Make you suffer but you love it Wayne bucket chain tuck it for his took you want a yard, but you shook my nigga with the travel, got cooked. He should've looked both ways. I got rich off of cocaine. Yours never came back for the shame. Hey, look, my dog has slit your throat for a brick of coke. He walked in the credit union, then he slipped the note. A new Ferrari ticket price, that's what my kitchen gross. Illegal business, my scale off balance, and my blender broke. Griselda on another run, and that's major facts. And y'all put guns in hands of niggas, y'all know ain't gon' clap. I got the 38 on strap, wearing Raiders black. We switched pistols, did missions, then we traded back. Born in that era, in the 80s when the smokers hit the corner and they cop with the baby in the stroller. Saw my family on drugs, that's what made me with the soda. If I don't answer for the plug, that's gon' make them miss his quota. Uh-huh, it's crazy, we came up from doing all this evil. So dope with so much cut that it clogged they needles. And being real for this long, gonna be hard to equal. This for the hustlers who got on and fed all they people. My niggas stand up, my Glock shoot straight. Crime do pay, this Nike box is not for shoe space. Y'all got due dates, the one charge, the time in two states. I put pictures of my kids up, applying toothpaste. Uh, this gonna be a real heartbreaker, and I stand by it, can flying, blowing at your head like a hair dryer. East side nigga, my whole hood full of scar faces, guns and guitar cases, blood on the long I cut coke like I'm chopping beats, they call me Mr. Walt Bay. Master the chef, I'm cooking coke, they call me Salt Bay. Bitches a bag my crack while I fuck them in a short stay. Niggas a brag by flipping coke while I somersault the yay. You coke good. To say at a hookah lounge with a waitress serving coke, I sniff it off the tray. When I celebrate a birth this evening, pop the bottle, cork, and spray. Pipe your bitch till she's sleeping. Short my bread to be forced to pay. Cock now I'm letting off the K. Developer, molding and shaping the predator. Cut her off the prey, despite how they kneel and they often pray. It's like I'm still bagging crack with Federico. Blade accidentally split your finger. Blood mix up all in the pedico. Bendito. Sorry for all of you niggas that became victims while we count your bread over mojitos. Fabulous imported fabrics, even when I'm in my street clothes. The small fucker distribute butter like I'm spreading it on wheat toast. So much bread, the money bag swell up. We getting it in each loaf, each loaf, each loaf. Because he don't want you to know that you don't want